Um, one of the questions I really wanted to share our very small podcast <laughs> about um, will be mainly uh, focusing on um, series, well, let's say C to series A kind of startups. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of D to C company founders that we know. So, um, and in most cases, they seem to be very alone. They have to kind of build their business like with two yeah. members with um, a small bunch of customers to begin with. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the relationship you have with the other companies and how you kind of brought up that sense of community amongst those companies? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, 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 while I appreciate you, you sort of giving me some credit for that, I, I think it, it is, it's not just me. Maybe chocolate's unique this way, maybe it's not. But like the people who get into chocolate tend to get into chocolate because they love it. They like love chocolate. They love tasting chocolate. They love tasting other people's chocolate. And so I think, you know, it's very rare for me to meet a chocolate maker who when you meet them, they don't have this like enthusiasm around like trying something that somebody else made, mm. right? Um, and because of that, you know, it, it's, um, and I guess that's probably true in most industries. You get into industries and, uh, around things that you're sort of excited about, right? Um, but like, there's something really interesting about how like, uh, you know, a lot of us are using the same beans. And so then it means that like you're, you can talk about sort of like your similarities and your differences. You know, what are you doing that's the same? The other thing is like in, in a market that's sort of changing rapidly, such as craft mm -hmm. chocolate, I, like it's really important to rely on other people for information. And so like building a network where, um, you know, I know early on, uh, we had tons of help early on, um, French broad chocolate out of, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, mm -hmm. um, let us come, let us fly there and try out a tempering machine that we were considering buying, um, mm -hmm. which was, yeah, I mean, like it was a day of their production gone to allow us to, to try this, which was incredibly generous considering they didn't know us at all. You know, um, I, I think there's, uh, there's a lot of these examples of, people who sort of went out of their way to help us. Um, mm. uh, just about every piece of equipment we have today, um, we originally learned about um, Packant from Bar au Chocolat, which is um, uh, um, a chocolate maker in um, uh, Los Angeles. Mm. Um, uh, Nicole. Um, and, and, you know, she told us about her winnower, which is how we found Packant, which we now have a lot of their equipment. Um, you know, and so like, I, I think part of it is a lot of chocolate makers helped us early on mm. and kind of like gave us thoughts, gave us guidance, sort of pointed us in the right direction. Yeah. Um, the other thing is because we're such a small industry, I would say we all rely like, um, we, we're, we're this sort of interconnectedness of web, but equipment, mm -hmm. you know, most people are using equipment from a small set of companies. It's not like there's thousands of companies supplying equipment, the same thing on the bean side, right? Mm -hmm. While there are smaller sort of um, people who uh, are making beans, a lot of people are getting beans from Maya Mountain or Costa Esmeraldas or, you know, Cocoa Camille, uh, um, Ukiali, you know, there, there's, there's this sort of small handful um, and, you know, maybe it's a couple dozen, but mm -hmm. because of that, it's sort of like if, if we don't do a good job of mm -hmm. telling of telling people who we're working with, mm -hmm. they might not work with those people. Mm -hmm. And if we're the only people working with them, 
they might not continue working in this realm, right? You know, in the cocoa industry, people have the option to, you know, try to make a better product and sell it for the craft market or spend less energy and sell it to the commodity market. It's, it's, it's an active choice every cocoa producer is making for their business. Um, I think for some of them, they don't have necessarily access to people who would buy specialty cocoa. Mm -hmm. um, but for the people who do have that access and the people who are selling specialty cocoa, like they're making an active decision. The reality if, is if not enough people are buying their beans, mm. they'll do something else. Um, same on the equipment side, you know, like people making equipment for small chocolate makers, they're taking a risk that there's enough industry there to build a business. Mm. And if nobody knows uh, how awesome Bhavani is to work with from Diamond Custom Machines. Mm. He doesn't get enough business and he then isn't able to continue to supply in the business. And so like, I do think these, I, I like, you know, people say a rising tide floats all boats, you know? Mm. Um, and, I, and while I clearly fundamentally believe that, I also think it's just practical. Like it's, 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 it's sort of good business to ensure that the whole business is around. Right. Um, it's also, I mean, I mentioned the videos that Manoa does. Those mm -hmm. videos that Manoa does are educating other people on craft chocolate and they're going to find us. Um, one of the things we started doing is origin stories, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, um, we essentially are buying chocolate from five of the makers. Normally we don't sell other makers chocolate in the US. In Japan, we sell some other makers chocolate, mm -hmm. but in the US we, we didn't. In part because a lot of other people do. Their subscription mm -hmm. services, their stores, and all these kinds of things. Right. So, but we started this thing called Origin Stories, where we're buying bars from five other makers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we and then we have a conversation. It's actually the one for Close Esmeraldas is coming up on uh, this coming Saturday. But we have a conversation with the cocoa producer, and then us and the five other makers. Um, so we all sort of chat about, you know chocolate and making chocolate and these beans and how we work with it. It's mostly a pretty, it's, it's a, it's a pretty um, sort of informal conversation, if you will, mm -hmm. about it. But part of the reason we started doing that is we realized like um, both it's good for us because it, it allows us to, to sell a product that, you know, we don't always have to make all of the chocolate. And when, mm -hmm. you know, in a pandemic where your production is like a little shaky and like, you know, it's, it's important to be able to do that, but it also introduces our customer base to a bunch mm -hmm. of other chocolate makers, which we believe will help get them more excited about chocolate, not make them think like, oh, well, I'm not buying dandelion now that, now that I have found Chiquesset out in Cape Cod, not that Chiquesset doesn't make awesome chocolate, they do, but I don't think, I, like, I don't fundamentally believe that's the way this industry works, is that people are, you know, uh, sort of opt to only buy from one person. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, and so I think sort of getting people introduced to, to sort of other makers um, has that as well. And, and I think the, all of those are sort of good business reasons. The yeah. other thing is, it's just more fun to be involved in an industry when like you have friends and you can talk about what you're doing and the trials and tribulations. It's sort of like, you know, all of my best friends come from the chocolate industry. Now. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I still have friends clearly from, you know, the work I did in the tech world and college and all this kind of thing. But, you know, the people I talk to most often are the people who are closest to my every, what I'm doing in my everyday life. And those are other people in the chocolate industry. Right, right. Um, I, the, the one other thing I'll mm. add to that also is as a, as an owner of a business, mm. 
you, um, I, I think um, we, there's a lot of great team members we have at Dandelion that I, I love dearly, mm. but, they, but they work for you. There is a dynamic around that that, um, and honestly, I, you know, it took me time to learn this, that it's sort of like, it's important to, uh, it's important to make sure that the, you, you have kind of like a network mm. outside, like when you're working at a company, yeah, most of your friends are, you know, who you're working with mm. when you're running a company, it, mm. like you, you can't have that same dynamic. Um, and so it really, it's important to get that sort of support and, um, from other people who basically understand what's going on, but you don't have that same sort of level of power dynamic and kind of like, you know, people aren't dependent on you for their livelihood, which really creates a power dynamic that I think, you know, you have to be really respectful of. That's very true. That's very true. How do you, how does your day-to-day -day communication go with them? I mean, in the past, I understand that you had, um, you know, like chocolate fairs you did in Tokyo and maybe in other countries. So you kind of had that opportunity to meet um, people from different backgrounds and countries um, to kind of meet face-to-face -face on those real locations. But how has the communication changed for you right now? Is it more like friendly Facebooks or... Um, uh, so we actually, um, you know, there, there are a fair bit of zoom conversations that happen. People, there'll be like happy hours, um, where people were zoom, um, WhatsApp is used heavily worldwide. Um, and so I guess it's not in Japan as much. Um, no, yeah, we have a different thing, but first, right. no, um, yeah. Mm. Well, in, in my experience has been in most of the world, people use WhatsApp. So there's a lot of sort of like group based conversation in mm. WhatsApp. Um, where people are asking questions to groups to try to get answers and, you know, things like that. Right. Um, so, uh, so a lot of it just has turned sort of electronic. Instagram, Instagram's been a great way to, to, to sort of like keep up with what's going on, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like awkward, isn't it? It's to kind of ask, you know, every day, like, hey, what you've been doing? But it's more like if you have it on your screen, it's just like a very casual way of getting right. to what everybody's doing without requesting too much. So, yeah, I really it, like that. It, it's funny, 15 years ago, that's how everyone worked. Like, <laughs> there was no social media. So, so if you wanted to know how somebody's life was going, you had to talk to them. That's now, right. it's there's this, like, social media has caused this, like, you don't actually need to have a two-way interaction with somebody to know sort of what's up with them. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that casualness is becoming like a, you know, like good, good distance, isn't it? In this infoloaded world. <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. That's true. Can you, um, is there a way for like UK listeners to kind of get down the line and talk like- Yeah, um, Coco Runners. There's a, there's a company in the UK called Coco Runners that has our chocolate. Good then everybody can get it from there. Indeed. All right. Um, but but if they're in the UK, other great craft chocolate brands that yeah. are easier to find in the UK um, that uh, that I would encourage them to look at. Um, uh, Pump Street Bakery is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're, um, uh, they're in... Uh, they're in, uh, oh, I'm going to forget the name of the place they're in. Um, so there's Pump Street Bakery. There's Chocolate Tree, um, who's in uh, Scotland. Um, they're in Edinburgh. Um, there's Neary Nogs in, uh, in Ireland, which is a new maker. Um, but uh, I've only tried the chocolate once and I thought it was really great. Um, there's, uh, there's, um, uh, oh, wait. Oh, oh. Now the name just totally slipped my brain. 
Um, and I can even imagine the people, uh, there's Fire Tree. Um, uh, they, make, they make great chocolate as well. Uh, and oh, how am I forgetting their name? Um, I will, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but, uh, uh, link on the podcast so everybody can. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, the, so in the UK, there's, there's, there's honestly a lot of really great craft chocolate um, going on out there as well. And so, um, oh, now it's going to kill me that I, um, <laughs> Dormouse, that's it. Dormouse. Dormouse. I was trying to say, like, my brain kept on going to Dalloway, which is a Brooklyn chocolate maker. And I was like, no, I know it begins with a D, but it's not Dalloway. Dormouse. Um, uh, so um, I, I think all of them make great chocolate um, and, uh, and you know, people would be excited for those as well. Cool. I'll definitely list that up. Thank you so much for you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Great to talk. And thank you for staying up late. Well, um, I appreciate it. I really do. It's my natural, like, waking time. So no problem. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> anyway, All right. Have a nice day. Thank you. Talk to you soon. So, team, bye.